0: Welcome to In The Making. I'm your host, Selina. And today, uh, we're going to be discussing experiencing God through art and creativity. Um, which I don't know if I fully know much about either of those things, so we'll find out as we talk about those things. Um, And I have two guests, uh, Justine Wong, who is a burnout survivor, calligrapher, and creative workshop facilitator. She loves crafting spaces um, where creativity and conversation becomes a bridge to explore self-awareness and collective consciousness around topics like mental health and racism. And Scott Erickson, who is widely known as Scott the Painter from his I, I mean, I follow him on Instagram, so that's how I know him. Um, he's a touring painter, performance speaker, creative priest who mixes autobiography, mythology, and aesthetics to create art and moments that speak to our deepest experiences. Um, I have his prayer book and a few of his art pieces actually in my bedroom. Yeah, I'll like slide my thing over people can't see because it's obvious but I do have a few art pieces (laughs) in my bedroom I've given some art pieces away and one of his books on prayer but he also has a new book out um from I think January right my friend is reading it she loves it it's called say yes is that true
1: yep that's correct
0: okay, we'll put a plug in there. So, you okay. know, students <laughs> potentially buy this book. Um, I hear good things. Um, and so, yeah, we're talking about creativity, um, God and, uh, art and experiencing God through those things. I, what is creativity? I, like, how would you define creativity?
1: Yeah. Justine, you got a quick answer? Well, I think I'm, um, for a second.
2: <laughs> um, I, I think I was actually thinking about the, the last question that, um, you're going to ask us later, but I I do think definitions are important um, with this word because even I feel like this conversation can often be framed around people equate creativity with art, like being artistic, which Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily, that's not my definition at all. Um, So you could go for a run and if you're inspired while you're going for the run, to me, that's creativity, right? So Mm -hmm. my, I mean, there's so many definitions, but I think one of the ones that I work with is just um, being able to have the the eyes to see, mm. so to see connections, maybe that um, connecting two things that might not normally seem like they would be paired, um, and eyes to recognize maybe see the heart of something or mm. see um, what's actually happening. Say for example, if you're reading the news, like what's really going on. So to me, that's that's one working definition that I live out of in terms of creativity um and when I'm work having conversations with people who think that they're not artistic um, I always try to challenge that a little bit because like what if, what if it's not about artistry um, what if you have a different artistry what if you have a different medium um, that you are particularly um, you come alive in and you have new insight and vision and just lean into that then so that would be my one one of many definitions but I'd love to hear. What you think.
1: <laughs> Justine, that's a great, that's a really great answer. I like that you, the separation between maybe like process perspective versus like an outcome or a product. Because I think when, when people who aren't creative say, oh, I'm not creative, what they're saying is like, well, I'm not making a piece of art to where I'm not fabricating. And that is a different process. It, I, I agree. I think it starts with a, a way of like witnessing or paying attention in the world um, like I am a creative person, I jokingly say, because I'm a haunted person. Cause mm-hmm. like things, things come to me every day and they're like, make me. And I'm like, I can't, I'm driving right now. I'll get in an accident <laughs> and they're like, make me or we'll go away. And I'm like, no, don't go away. I'll fine. I'll pull over. And I pull out my sketch bag and then I do the drawing. So there's some kind of like invitation, um, a contemplative invitation conversation. There's all kinds of words for it, but there's some kind of interaction with like processing and thinking about the world and then transcribing it into something. And I think uh, I'm a visual artist and and an author and and maybe that's the muscle I flex the most is like visual arts. But I think whatever way you choose to outlet that conversation becomes, I guess, what your artistry is. But you can Mm. do that through how your... You know, I like I have a friend who's like he wouldn't say he's necessarily creative, but he's always doing something with clothes and fashion and things like that. And he's very creative. And in, in the story he's telling with his vestments of the day, you know, so like anyways, I, I I do think there's this it's helpful to be it's creativity is separated from artistry, but they're, you know, they're intertwined. They're um, they were they, they relate to each other.
0: Mm. It's helpful to hear because I'm one of those people who hate crafts. Um, Like I I, I can't even cut a piece of paper straight and – Um, unfortunately, like in some Christian bubbles and like, especially in the feminine Christian bubble, there's lots of assumptions that you have to be good at like craft making or knitting or something. And I fail at all those things and have zero interest in those things. But, um, I think I'm like an imaginative human being. Like I like to imagine things and have discussions, but, um, Actually making art, uh, it's a little hideous when I try. So, <laughs> um, not, funny. not my, um, expression of these things. But what I hear you saying, it's, um, essentially like, ob- observing the world and having that come out in unique ways in which God has created us, whether that's, you know, through fashion, like you're saying, or through, um, artwork or through writing, um, uh, some form of expressing ourselves and the things that we're observing of the world around us. That could be a one potential working definition for creativity, but there's probably so much more as well into that.
1: Yeah. It's how you lay out your house. It's how you Garden and what you know you're turning this lump of dirt into something it's creativity is like you know the the work of taking something and making it into something else or bringing something together so we're all creative in a way I just think there's different uh, <laughs> mediums and businesses associated to that that we get stuck on so
2: mm. yeah. yeah I was just thinking Selena that you are in this process of podcasting you are creating right you have a vision of the topics and the and the mood and the guests that you want and you you actually have a process of making that happen and I'm sure that you've learned a lot over a couple seasons of doing this right and in your medium I would say would be conversations questions and conversations and there's definitely an expression that happens there. Um, so I think I see you as creative. <laughs>
0: thanks i feel so encouraged already thanks i feel like good job we can end this podcast now <laughs> no, i'm kidding we're just getting started but um
1: uh that's good.
0: i maybe my creativity comes in in little jokes here and there i guess but yeah. um can you describe a time where you experienced god through your own creativity or through art
1: oh he- you want me to go first? Yeah, I, go for it. I, go for it. We're just meeting. So we're like, which one, which one will we alternate on? Um, i like to define terms before we get into answers. You know, when we say to experience God, I, I mean, I guess my question would be to the listener and to all of you is like, do you not think you're experiencing God now? What does it mean to experience God? Are we talking about some kind of euphoric other than, I mean, if nothing can separate us from the love of God, then how we feel right now is connected to God. So, um, I, when I, I used to do a lot of like public painting, uh, we would call it live painting, you know, versus dead painting. I would make paintings. <laughs> I would make paintings at like church services, conferences, events, concerts, things like that. Make something in the moment. And I noticed that there would always be this response from people. Um, Some people, not everybody, but some people would be like, it's so great to see you, quote, worshiping God with your gifts, unquote. And I understand what they were saying, but I would always respond and I would say, I appreciate what you're saying, but I'd like you to know that I worship God the most with my gifts on Monday or Tuesday when nobody's watching and Mm -hmm. I go into my studio space and I commit to a craft. Mm -hmm. Like it's easy to do something on a stage because well, one public embarrassment is a very strong motivator to be good at something, but like, but, all, but also it's like, it's easy to perform in front of people. It's what, it's what you do when no one's looking and what you commit to what you decide to think about. And that I, that I feel is a divine participation. Um, and it's been a long journey for me. I'm sure it's been for Justine too, but like um, I've been committed to this for almost two decades and my, There aren't necessarily like so many emotional highs that we could say that was like real sacred or holy, but it is the kind of like slow, like I'm like, I have a, I really think I have like a sign here in my studio that says, take dictation from the silence. Like, I really think my job as an artist is to be a listener. Um, So right now I'm in the midst of a creative project something I've been thinking about for like three years and kind of slowly working on. And, and I have the sense like, it's time to get it done. So even though I have like kids and responsibilities and oh my gosh, it's tax season. So there's like forms I got to get in and stuff. There's a part of my being that's listening to the interaction with something because something wants to come through out through me. Um, I'm, I'm the conduit for which this idea wants to come through. And so, That active listening, you could call it prayer. Prayer would be a great way to call it. Um, A contemplative, uh, I'm practicing silence. During the season, I often don't listen to things in my car. If I get in my car, I just kind of sit in silence because I'm I'm keeping that part of me open. Um, So that's how I would like when I – so when we talk about like experiencing God, I'm like, yeah, that's happening all the time Mm -hmm. um, in the way I listen.
2: I love that this idea of making space for listening and kind of tuning, tuning our ears in our spiritual ears and our eyes to recognize when those, when that voice is coming through. And I, I think this question, I struggled with it a little bit at first, probably because of the, the describe a singular, singular time. Um, And my answer eventually settled on similar to what Scott is describing as more of a Uh, an evolved practice of listening. And for me as a calligrapher, it's going to be through words. Um, And the funny thing is that I have bad handwriting, like you can't actually read it, like my daily fast writing, but I do brain dumps regularly um, throughout the day. Um, And then I try in a a weekly practice, um, usually on my Sabbath, where I kind of study and review what all the 50 million things that my brain has caught this week um, Mm -hmm. and see which which ones kind of emerge. I was thinking it's a little bit like um, a cow with their four stomachs, right? There's like multiple levels of digestion. and That's kind of what I'm doing. Um, And it's a way for me to not just keep speeding up my life um, and really not um, missing the opportunity to savor some of those deeper messages um, and I just actually just came back from a uh, silent retreat. And it was just a time of like looking back at my weekly. Um, so I'll do these weekly um, calligraphic recaps of them just in black and white. It's for nobody like th- that's just for my eyes only. Um, and I just read several weeks of these messages. And it, it it was there was very common themes that were were coming out to me in terms of things that I that I feel stirring within my spirit um, that I believe are from God. Um, And there are so there's nothing glorious about it. But there are there are times where it all converges Mm -hmm. together in a very specific vision for a piece that doesn't happen that often for me. But when it does, there was this one season where um, I just Come back from a Brené Brown prayer retreat uh, up at this retreat center that I just came back from, and one of my friends. So I don't come from a very charismatic tradition at all, um, but this one friend she had two prophetic dreams about me in that that week, and one was a dream of light, and one was a dream of darkness, and. I just mulled on that along with my journal reflections, and I tried to put it together in a piece, but it took several weeks. And I tried, and there was lots of fa- quote-unquote failed attempts. And then there was just one day, for whatever reason, it was ready to come out, and it came spilling out on the page in thir- 30 minutes. And that was like six years ago, and that those those prophecies are still still coming back to me and calling me back uh, to the things that God began in that season. And so Mm -hmm. there can't, I think there's, there's definitely there, if you, if you cultivate that posture of regular, whatever regular means to you, um, keeping your eyes open and your ears open, you will catch a lot of little things, but then there might be the days where like I'm in Vancouver, right? So it might be like t- pouring rain for 20 days, and then suddenly the the clouds open one day. You get one sunny day in January. It's like you can hear the angels singing, right? And there are moments for that too. Um, and we just are. I think creativity is about cultivating that that listening and that space to be able to um, to actually recognize and and see those things.
0: I'm I'm almost hearing like a like creativity and, um, art, uh, both it like helps you listen to what God is doing, but it also, um, is like an outlet for it as well. Is that, would you say that's accurate?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's the process of consideration. <clears throat> uh, like, uh, because I, uh, image. And then I also associate like writing, use writing as like a meditative form. People will be like, well, do you start with the meditation first or the image first? And it's, it's both like, sometimes there's a picture, there's some, there's some kind of image that's catching my idea. And I'm like, huh, what is that? For example, uh, I noticed you ever like opened a uh, sour cream or salsa or yogurt. And there's that flap that you can't fully get off. And I have, I live with lazy people who don't try to finish it. So every container has like this little bit of something still left on it. And I noticed it so much. I was like, that's kind of like our vulnerabilities, you know, no matter how much you try to perfect yourself, there's always just like a little thing left there that you can never quite get away with. And you could either hate that or just go, that's how it is. And so I made an image of like a sour cream <laughs> cup with that as kind of, so it started with something I noticed and then go, what is that pointing out in me? And then sometimes I will have a conversation about faith or something. And I'll be like, how would I image this? Like what would the image that would help me understand this? Um, Recently I read uh the soul of desire. It's a book by Dr. Kurt Thompson. It's pretty great, but he had, I took a bunch of like, I underlined a bunch in his book, but I don't really embrace something or internalize it until I make an image of it. So I, I wrote out kind of the key things that he said. And then I just, as an exercise, I just made little images associated to ev- everyone that helps me memorize it better. For example, he was like talking about changing our habits is like doing something a little bit every day, like a little change every day, makes something bigger. So my way of imaging that was like kind of a a little bit of a Russian doll kind of thing. Starts with something little, a little bit bigger, 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 bigger. So now when I'm trying to remember like what he was saying about change and transformation, I could think of the Russian doll thing and be like, oh, it's these little kind of things. So there's sometimes there's like something I'm seeing is the invitation. Sometimes what I'm writing is the invitation and, and then working about that is, it just is entering into a contemplative state which I think is a back and forth with the divine and uncovering and excavating of something.
2: I love that. I'm just sitting on what you're saying and <laughs> <I'm> chewing <laughs> it. There, there is definitely this, these, I think like the more space we give ourselves and it doesn't need to be like, oh, I need to go away for seven days of silence. Yeah. It can literally be, I find that God can multiply time you know if you take a moment of even mindfully eating for example um when you were talking about the yogurt the yogurt container, scott i was yeah. i i was having a cup of soup uh, this a couple days ago and because i didn't there was there wasn't enough sorry there was I either had to do it in two portions or like one full portion. And I was too lazy to like warm up the cup twice, right? So I was like, let's just squeeze every little bit of goodness from that soup bag into the cup. And I was very cognizant that if I stir too quickly, it's going to spill over, right? And I was like, well, I don't want to create a mess that way. But then I began to think about, well, what is spilling over? You know, because... If I do feel burnt out for example that can be resentment that spills over if not if I'm not careful and I don't watch the capacity but it could also be on the flip side it could be when I'm overflowing with goodness and inspiration and creativity and hospitality whatever right and so it just made me I just had this little moment with my my cup of soup just asking the question like what am I What's filling my cup right now? What is going to overflow if I add something else to it? What's going to spill over? Um, and mm-hmm. so I, I think one of the threads I'm hearing in the conversation so far is just it can come anywhere, right? You're driving on the side of the road. You're eating something. You're about to go to sleep. You're brushing your teeth, right? Mm-hmm. It's, I, I, think, I think the divine voice is everywhere uh, if, we're, mm-hmm. if we're open to it.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, what would you say um, it means to be human? Who is created
2: to enjoy art and creativity?
1: I know you just spoke, but you want to go, Justine? We kind of do it. All. Sure, I've
2: got a, I've got a. I have got I have got ai do not have a lot of deep thoughts on this one. All I was thinking about was Genesis one, the opening of the scriptures. God's creativity is one of the very first things that we're introduced to of mm-hmm. His nature and who He is. And so, for me, I, I feel like being human. Um, and being creative is simply just reflecting God's nature, um, and that just our very existence reflects that part of um, our identity as creatures, um, but in relationship too. So, and then the only other thought that kind of came to me around this is just the idea of like because I do struggle with like Sabbath and honoring Sabbath and resting. Um, I friends in the past would say, Justine, you're not a human. Do- Remember, you're a human being. You're not a, you're not a human doing right. Um, and I think that creativity is being a creative being and being a creature of God is requires just simply being. It is a state and a a relationship. Right? It's not just. Producing things, um, which is what we were talking about earlier, where, you know, art for performance or art with an outcome uh, is quite different than um, just simply reflecting God's nature by living and breathing and listening and expressing back to him what we what he what we see.
1: Yeah.
2: Can you repeat the question again?
1: Sorry. Like it was about human and. Say it one more time.
0: Yeah, I said, um, "What would you say it means to be a human being who's created to enjoy art and creativity?"
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I it is, it, it's just who we are. I mean, since the beginning of time, it's interesting to sit around a campfire and have somebody tell us a story. So we are, by nature, just communicative, creative, storytelling. Um, you know, one of the things we know from the earliest civilizations is that they needed to take some time to draw some cave paintings because they wanted to translate the world they were seeing. So we are inquisitive, um, creative. Everything we see around us came from the earth. It just took thousands of years to make skyscrapers and cell phone towers and cars and airplanes. But it's all it didn't come from anywhere else. It just came from here. Um, we're, we're constantly doing that. So like, it's just, it is the trajectory of human beings to, um, to, to create. So yeah. And, and, in all kinds of ways from fabrication to storytelling to expressing, um, you know, it's, it's, yeah, we're just, it's, we're in the long history of women and men who've been doing that forever.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, art is kind of beautiful. Like, even though I can't produce it, I still can um appreciate it or creativity like i i love movies like a good movie is um that's like well made um is great i love good stories um i'm just like kind of thinking on your answers and yeah. um and i think that you're right like we are just created to enjoy these things and i think it's great that god was like yeah i'm going to make you people who can um internalize these things and enjoy it um and but
1: mo- but i would say but most what everything everything you're witnessing is the creme de la creme like it would behoove you to go watch bad comedy because everything you see on netflix <laughs> is I like watch
0: a- those things as well. is like yeah it's like
1: <laughs> two years of somebody working on content mm-hmm. and perfecting mm-hmm. it and editing all that out yeah. like it's really incredibly hard like i it is beautiful. Art is beautiful, but can I tell you every piece of art I've made halfway through it? I'm like, this sucks. Oh, this is, <laughs> yeah. I hate this so much. So it is like this humble, like, and writing a book. Oh my gosh. So many moments of self doubt and mm. self flagellation. It's, I think creative work is like a plane nosediving off a cliff and your job as an artist is through the skills you learn and being able to Oh, I can get to some wisdom here is learning how to like pull that thing up from a nosedive of crashing and making it fly. Like what I, I actually think what being an artist is, uh, as I've been doing it for two decades is less about knowing how to do something innately Mm -hmm. and more about being able to create something larger than your innate ability. Mm -hmm. Here's what I mean. If you gave me a piece of paper and a pencil Right now, and you're like drawing a draw a picture of a tiger. I could va- make a very whimsical and fun tiger. But if you said, "Here's a pen and a paper. Come back in an hour with a drawing of a tiger." Well, I know how to put together a drawing of a tiger. I could go find source material. I could grab some other things from my studio back here or grab some stuff, and I could come with a very great and exciting and dynamic drawing of a tiger. I think often like what artists are is people who figured out how to use tools and uh, what creativity is, is like learning how to make something greater than just your like ability rod. It is like, who am I going to partner with? What are my tools are going to do? What is the process of like trying it once and then doing it three more times to see, to like learn the shapes and then how do I develop it better? You know, what is the process of edits and re-edits and re-edits and stuff like that? And so when we witness beautiful things, like I get like <laughs> I get it when you go to a movie and you're like, that movie sucks. And you're like, that's true. But like Keanu Reeves is right. He's like, every movie is kind of a miracle. It's crazy. <laughs> it's incredibly hard to put something together. So when you see something that is incredibly put together – but we live in a world of that, you know, mm-hmm. we have like in that and we get used to it, but it, yeah, I'm, I less and less critique other people who've made stuff. That's not great. Cause I'm like, it's probably really hard. <laughs> you know, like it's really, really hard. It's like, you try to make a movie and see how well you do. Like, it's really, it's really difficult. So mm-hmm. I, uh, we, I think it's, I think it's helpful to just understand we live in like a crazy time of like production. Mm-hmm. And so we are witnessing so much good stuff. Like, like, for whether you like superhero shows or not is like Marvel and Disney, they've really figured out how to make blockbuster films. Like Mm -hmm. they don't have a lot of turds because they, they've just been doing it for 50 something years that they're like, here's how you tell a good story. It might be redundant. Maybe people are like, there was nothing new in here, but as in like, were you entertained? Like they know how to make something good. There's a formula to do it. So it's great. I mean, I, I, I love living now. There's a lot of amazing <laughs> stuff. Um, I just want to say it's as maybe, maybe it's advocating for Justine and I, it's really hard to make <laughs> stuff though. Like, don't, don't think that we haven't like cried all alone in our rooms right now on trying to do something in the world.
2: I love that Scott. It's making me, <laughs> I think it is important though to recognize that that is the cultural context that we live in right now where there is a lot of curation happening and even despite our best effort to show all the behind the scenes, you know, on Instagram stories or whatever, it's still, you still don't really see all of it. And, um, there's this great quote by Ara Glass. Um, and Mm -hmm. the essence of it is just basically like, Hey, don't give up. You know, when you see the gap between your vision in your head or in your mind and your skill just can't quite get you there yet, because you're going to want to give up. Right. Um, But it's your very, the fact that you can see the vision, the fact that you can feel that your skill is not there is evidence of your good taste, right? You have what it takes, you have the eyes to see it. So don't give up while you close that gap in terms of your skill. Um, And even just the other day, um, I was just finishing up um, a collaboration piece. It's been like over a year in making. And it's just like between me and this one person, his, his piece and because he's an art director he's got a a a more detailed eye than my than my average person that I'm creating something for so i created this this thing after several iterations and sent it to him and he just noticed the one little thing and i was like okay i'm going to have to redo it and it ended up taking me six or seven more drafts three more trips yes. to the art store to buy the paper and yes. it's and it was on the one hand, it was, I had to pause and recognize, okay, you would not have been able to do this even five years ago or even two years ago, but still, you're still not at the skill where you're able to like nail it, you know, in terms of your, your controlling the brush stroke every single time. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Now I have like six, you know, like what that's going to be in the garage sale section, like they're originals and they're beautiful, but like the average person wouldn't be able to see the errors quote, quote unquote, right? Um, so I think, it there is a lot of messiness. And back to the original question, I think that being human is about being messy. It is about mm-hmm. the evolution of the process. And I mean, I just, what what did God think when suddenly his perfect creation suddenly wasn't so perfect? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. What, what would he have been thinking? And I think to be human is to be messy. Um, and it is it is a process of kind of embracing the mess and making peace with the fact that it's going to be dark sometimes and it's not always going to be a home run every time. And it's going to take maybe 100 drafts or more mm. or a lifetime mm. of creating something that is beautiful. Um, and I'm actually thinking of my sister when she first started experimenting with photography as a high school student back in the days of film And I remember, because I mean, I was just in high school, and I was like, so critical. I was like, but all your photos are blurry. Like, why are you doing this? And Mm -hmm. she was just like, but these still like, to me, they still evoke the memory of that scene or that moment. And she didn't care that it wasn't in focus. Right. Um, And that was the most important thing in that for her, because she was creating it. it wasn't for anybody else, but for her process of of exploration and skill building, right? And so you have to let go of perfectionism if you're going to try anything um, artistic or creative in that sense, right? Mm.
0: Yeah. I I mean, I just, listening to you both, I feel like God is both in the process of creating and in the ability to create, even if it's like, might be, you know, quote unquote trash to us or to other people. Um, It still is... Um, incredible that we have capacities to do so and that they tell stories of, of God. They tell stories of humanity, um, as we engage with it. Like, I am thinking, like, I used to make really awful videos, um, in high school and in <laughs> university. And I do kind of love, uh, the ones that I've seen that are still watchable like <laughs> medium has changed over time you know like i'm from the like vhs uh era and so um and how uh that does tell a bit of my story or tells a bit of the stories of god as well and so um i think there is that aspect of of art and creation that reflects god In different ways, uh, even sometimes like the dark stories uh, still reflect something about God and about humanity as well.
1: If I can, can I expand? Because I think we're hitting something that I think is true about creativity and spirituality, a very parallel thing, which is. And, you know, I know people might disagree with this, but as a spiritual director and a person who's been around a while, a former clergy person the goal of your spiritual journey is not for you to become a perfect person mm-hmm. or a better person. The goal of your spiritual journey is for you to become a whole person. Mm-hmm. And a whole person understands that you have vulnerabilities, weaknesses, limitations, that you react from pain, hungers, fear, these kinds of things that you have capacity to be a contribution and love and joy and hope, but also doubt, depression, despair, that you're all of those things. And there's, there's nothing that will – none of those things of being human ever separates you from mm-hmm. God. Often we think they can, but they don't. Um, I get asked quite a bit from people putting on fundraisers. Hey, do you have some art lying around? Because <laughs> <laughs> we're going to do a fundraiser. Could you donate something? Uh, I have nothing lying around. I don't keep anything. <laughs> because the – the purpose of my creative journey isn't to hoard my creation. The creative journey I'm on is to be transformed by the process of it and then move on to the Mm -hmm. next one. I don't have anything because I don't need to keep it. I mean, I have a collection of stuff because I'm a, I'm a little bit of a, you know, art hoarder, but these are like the things in my studio are from my own. They're on my own collection. They're not my own things. Um, and this is in not to plug my book but say yes uh my book but i i put this interview with uh the film director JJ Abrams he was on this podcast with Chris Hardwick and he had just finished directing the Star Wars film when they picked him up again uh, Force Awakens and Chris Hardwick was like do you now that you've directed a Star Wars film do you feel different because that's what you expect. Is like when I finally make a book, I'll feel mm-hmm. different. When I make something, I'll feel different. And J.J. Abrams is like, can I tell you I've never felt different from anything I've done? <laughs> He's like, I thought I'd feel different when I sold my first screenplay and I didn't. I thought I'd feel different when I saw my name on the screen for the first time and I didn't. I thought I'd feel different when I directed my first film and I didn't. Nothing I've ever done has made me feel different. Meaning... It like filled in some kind of thing that I felt was lacking. He's like, but mm-hmm. I've had immense gratitude at the process of writing, directing, being a part of these things. And I'm so grateful to have gone on those journeys. I think, I think one of and and this is the parallel between creativity and spirituality, is like I th- I think it is, it feels good to finish something. I'm not saying it doesn't. But, like it won't fill the lack in you mm-hmm. there like nothing mm-hmm. you'll like there's a weird thing about releasing a book is that you're excited and depressed on the same <laughs> day. Musicians talk about the album re- release blues, and partly it's because maybe it's just a release and letting all of that tension go. It's finally out in the world, but also it's partly like it didn't change me either mm-hmm. well it didn't f- it didn't complete me like maybe I hoped it would. Mm-hmm. But what you can participate in is the, the transformational journey of making something. Like I, when I talked to young authors, I was like, you can think of a book as like your accumulated wisdom on something that you've put together. But mostly a book is what is the transformational journey I want to go on? And this is the artifact of that a, a painting is the transformational journey you want to go on. And it's the artifact of going through that transformation. When I, when I, as an artist and a communicator, I realized there's nothing I can invite and a listener or a viewer in that I'm not willing to go through first. And I, and how that translates to spirituality is like the goal isn't for you to become a, a better and perfect person. That's just another form of atheism. Because then you don't need God. Mm-hmm. Like when Jesus goes to like there's two people praying, there's this religious person who's like, I'm glad, I'm glad I'm not like this sinner. I've you know, I haven't like that's a form of atheism. Because if you're saying, I don't need look at I got it all together, I don't even need you, God. Mm-hmm. The sinner, you know, and we could take away the shame narrative from that, because sin sinner means a lot of shameful things for us. But what what that's that person in that story is saying is like the only i realize the only connection to you is through mercy and grace there's nothing i can do to earn love there's nothing i can do to discern love like have mercy on me i see that mercy is the avenue for grace and love um and that so it's about the process why are we here what is the process we're on is the process for us to get it all together or is the process for us to have love and receive us and be transformed in the process of being here that's how I see those two working together. Thoughts, queries, questions, rebuttals, go for it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was thinking how you're you are kind of touching upon like what art and creativity teaches us about ourselves and about God. Mm-hmm. And so I'd love to hear just like more from like Justine, like what has creativity taught you about God and yourself? And Scott, some more from you.
2: I think I'll, I'll tag off of some of the things that um, Scott made in his last comment, which I loved all of it. This idea of like the... Being there for the transformation, right? Being present for that. And the current, I mean, I guess maybe as a creative, Genesis 1 is, I mean, inadvertently become my favorite, you know, like I keep coming back to it and I never tire of it. There's always something new. And the, the latest nugget that, I, I, that kind of blew my mind was this idea of on day one, when there's this darkness and there's layers of the darkness and the spirit of God is hovering over it. There's no, like, pronouncement that that darkness is bad. It just is. Mm. And the Spirit mm. of God is present, near, but not so near. It's like there's, there's like, the deep waters that are covered by the waters. And God is, like, gently hovering over, right? And mm. as someone, as in Enneagram 7, who avoids pain at all costs. I'm very, you know, cautious, even if I feel the spirit (laughs) of God stirring in me to go deeper. And I'm like, I don't want to go deeper. It's going to be painful. And God is just patient. Like, what if it's not bad? Like I'm right here with you. Right. And as I go through, and it's, I swear it's not pandemic induced, but I am going through every about 12 years, I have like a midlife crisis um, or decade (laughs) crisis. (laughs) And I'm at the beginning of that journey where there's a Uh whole bunch, everything that has been stable for like 20 years or in some cases five or, you know, these different things that have been so stable in my life are all about to do a slow shift and it's terrifying. And as Mm -hmm. I sit there and try to like rush ahead, um, there's so much wisdom in all of like the seven day narrative of creation. But I just had this, you know, this conversation with God where he's just like, I was like, what day am I on God? And he's like, you're still on day one. And I was like, day one, I'm sitting here trying to get rhythms in and seasons and day four. And he's like, you're still on day one. There's some new things that have just come to light that are really big in shifting how you're going to be as for the rest, you know, for the next chapter of your life. Right. And so like, can you settle in with me? Can you sit in the uncomfortable with me? Can you know, it's going to take some time. And but Mm -hmm. I'm here with you. I'm here with you in that space. Right. And so I think that that's um, it's I guess in other in some circles you would, they would use the language of like embracing the shadow part of myself mm-hmm. um, and learning to be f- to be free with that part of myself, because on this side of heaven, that's what it that's just going to be a part of me, and that's the expression of me. And can I receive the fullness of God's grace? Um, in those spaces where I feel so incomplete and feel so far behind or so imperfect. Um, And I think that creativity mirrors that messiness. Like it's Mm. actually really fun to do projects that do get super messy and ink all over the place and all of that, um, that feel when I lean into it, when I give myself permission and have the space to like splatter it all around. Um, And so, yeah, I just think the messiness is something that is part of being human um, that creativity gives us permission to engage in, but also like, there's like a delight in the messiness. There can be a joy in the messiness if we allow ourselves to go there.
1: Yeah. I love it. That's great. Uh, I was thinking of a story that happened to me recently is uh, and I'm, I got to caveat this that I'm friends with a couple professional magicians. So I was, <laughs> cool. walk, I was oh, every good story starts with that. Uh, I was walking down South Congress street, which is like a famous street in uh, Austin with a friend who was visiting. And I saw a street magician like sitting there with a table. And he was like, people were walking by and he's like, Hey, would you like to see some magic? And people are like, no, would you like to see some magic? No, three times. And so when I came up to him, maybe cause I was just like, Paying homage to my magician friends, I was like, absolutely, I'd love to see a magic trick. And so he does this magic trick with us, does like a couple other ones. And then he's like, are you really ready? How much How much to have your mind blown? I was like, I'm in for it. <laughs> and um, he does this trick. And I also say he has like a little Venmo, you know, a QR code there. He, he does, he's like, I'm going to put this deck of cards in your hand. And then – so he does. He shows me the deck of cards and he sticks it in my hands. My hands are cupped. I cannot see the deck of cards. And then he does all this other stuff and then he's like, would you now believe me if I told you that you don't have a deck of cards in your hands? And I have – I've had my hands cupped the whole time and I was like, no way. There's a deck of cards in my hand. And he's like, look. And I open it up and it's a clear plastic box. And – instantly joy shot entirely <laughs> through my body. And I was like, I love it. I think I was like, I danced and then I took out <laughs> my phone and I gave him 10 bucks because I was like, oh, it was amazing. You, I will give you $10 because I came alive. Mm. Um, My my friend, Nate Staniforth, who's a really great magician, he says like why he does magic is he's like the moment what magic is. I mean, there's some of it like, ooh, fun, but he's like the moment of wonder in that moment is like you all of a sudden you don't know what's happening you're confronted with like i don't know what is real anymore because you just did something where reality is falling apart and for some people that's very troubling like i remember my cousin who's great and he was joking, but he was – we were watching like a David Blaine special and he's like, dude, that guy made a pact with the devil. That is like straight up Satan work, you know? Like, <laughs> And he was kind of serious because he's like, I have – how is this man doing what he's doing? That has to be supernatural. It has to be like he – like the devil, like they made a pact and he made him a great magician. Uh, what, I, what I think is interesting in my approach to the Bible is like – often we can read these stories of like miracles and stuff and assume that if we were there, we'd be like, isn't that special? Wow. This dead person just got up. That is, woo, we win. We're on the winning side. No. Often I think if you looked at those stories, you'd be like, what is happening? <laughs> what just happened? Oh my God. Who, What? Get away. I don't like you being here. I don't, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, <laughs> because, for, because, like, for your reality mm. to change, your perspective to change, can be a transformation you don't want. Mm. And I think that, like, you can see that there are people who didn't want Jesus wanted mm. because they would be like, we'd have to restructure everything by what you're proposing. And it's probably easier to just kill you. So like, I think that when we talk about like transformation and entering into it, I'm really interested in like being the conduit of that. Mm -hmm. Like, I think Justine and I signed up to kind of be like people who are willing to be transformed and then off through our medium, you know, I don't know how you think about your work, but like, that's, that's maybe a little more lofty of, of, of all the things, but like, I really just think, like, my invitation always is to be, like, am I willing to be transformed through this passage, this thing that's happening, this interaction I had? And then how would I be a translator of that, to offer that to other people? That's really what I'm trying to offer in my work. But, like, that transformation can be frightening. It is, like... Finding a treasure but knowing you have to sell everything you have Mm -hmm. to buy that field where you found a treasure Mm -hmm. in. It is like the thing, like, uh, if I say yes to this, I have to I really have to, like, go all in on this. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know if that was with your question. I just wanted to tell a story about magicians.
2: (laughs) I enjoyed it. It's a great story. Um, I
0: enjoyed it. And when you were talking about like being there in Bible stories, my mind actually went to um, the one where there were these youths who were teasing Elisha um, about being bald. And I was like, I I would not want to be there. It's true. (laughs) Like I love that story from this like perspective. But then I'm like, I don't really want to see like a bunch of like youths get mauled by she bears. Um yeah, yeah.
1: I think I think people I think I think most people love the Bible, but most people don't want to be in the Bible. You know, like that's a very different that's very different than saying I like the Bible. But <laughs> um I,
2: I think what yeah. I'm hearing though in the I mean, seriously, thank you for the magician story. Yeah. I mean, that just brought us a little <laughs> bit of joy just now. But I what I'm hearing is just that it's creativity is disruptive. Mm. Like yeah. there is a disrupt yeah. and and spirituality, and when God shows up, it's... Well, I've, I mean, obviously, there's millions of ways he can show up. Um, I think of when Moses, like, the bush was burning up, but he had to stop and turn to it before God really started engaging with him. So he still had to notice it. But then there's like... But it's disruptive. It's It requires a shift, uh-huh. right? When God actually shows up and you can't unsee it, you can't... Uh, whether when you hear from God whether it be through scripture or or an image that you see or a conversation whatever it is and you know that it's God getting your attention and you literally can't undo it you can't unsee it you can't unreceive the message and then there comes like the wrestling with it mm-hmm. the implication of what does that really mean if i say yes and i haven't finished mm-hmm. i actually got your honest advent books got after christmas so i'm only yeah, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm still kind of working my way through it but so maybe you actually have a chapter in there um but i often think of like what did that mean for mary to say yes like mm. there th- there's so many things that are so messy about that story and what it would have taken for her to fully embrace that and the consequence d- despite her confidence of of god's call and and invitation yeah. to her she knew that there would be I would imagine she knew that there that a lot of other people wouldn't get it including Joseph at first. Yeah. Right? And I think that creativity and spirituality is very disruptive. Um when God yeah. says something um and I'm like Jacob like I'm going to wrestle. Like every time mm-hmm. I get that kind of a word and I'm just like I thought I was open to that but maybe I'm not. Now that you've <laughs> actually said it. <laughs> I'll sit yeah. there and have a kicking and screaming match, you know, with God um and a process of you know Walking through that messiness, um, and then kind of coming, coming to be on the same page. Um, I mean, it's not always that bad, but like I'm making it sound so painful. But I do think that it does require a cost sometimes that we're not ready to, yeah. we, or we don't yeah. even recognize. You know, um, when we're even saying the
1: this. even the call, even the call of the artist, uh, like or in any of our vocations. I will say that a uh, famous. Uh, psychologist and author, Dr. Hilary McBride, famous Canadian. Uh, she on, on a savage, she's like, I don't think this is actually like a Christmas book. It's like a book for all year. Mm-hmm. I was like, exactly. It's just using that story to kind of mm-hmm. mine it, but it's in the first chapter, Annunciation. It's like the cost of divine revelation is that it's going to cost you all your best laid plans, mm-hmm. all the plans you had for your life. You have to give all those up in order to receive what you're being invited to. Like I remember I used, I, you know, I I studied at University Education and Art. I was a high school art teacher for a bit. But it was in my late 20s that I I had like a couple moments where I was like I think if I don't try to be an artist, whatever that means, I think I'll always regret it. And I mm. I I really sensed this inward invitation to that. I quit teaching. I waited tables, which is which is every great artist backup job. <laughs> In fact, sometimes when I'm, like, doing art, I'm like, I don't know if I'm a good artist, but I know I'm a really good waiter. That's, like, the <laughs> job I should go back on. Um, but I remember the moment where I I waited tables for, like, 10 months, and then I was having to turn down art jobs because I couldn't get my shifts covered. And I remember, like, going, oh, I have to cross the next threshold, which is trusting this vocation. Mm-hmm. And that was, I I ended up talking to a couple musicians who were very different, but they were like, went through the same process. And they're like, you just have to say yes and kind of step out in faith. And I remember I remember the day I was driving to work to turn in my two weeks. And I had internally, you know, this is where, like, I think the story, and this is an honest Advent, I was like, the story of the Magi, sure, it could be a story about astronomy and stuff like that. But I was like, what I actually think is happening there is like, Just because they saw a star in the sky didn't mean they're like, let's go on a journey where we may die. You know, they were like with no AC in the (laughs) desert. They were like, it's because they, they had an inward desire, which was, I want to know the giver of the universe. And then they saw an outward sign and those two connected. And I think that the spiritual journey is like, it's, Yeah, there's this internal thing, but you will receive external signposts along the way that mirror that internal invitation. So like the day I was driving to like work to turn in my two weeks, it's like – I think like Tom Petty's, it's time to move on. It's time to get going, came on the radio. There were billboards that were like, (laughs) it's time for a change, you know, and it's like, take a risk. And it was and like, and then like geese were migrating. And I was just like, it's just like everything in the universe was like, you're on the right path, you know, but I had to do the thing. I had to let go of a way of being in the world, of a way of seeing things in order to receive a new way. And and I, yeah, the divine invitation, these thresholds, these every 12 years, you're hitting your midlife again, is this kind of like, you've done this, now we need to move on, move farther. it, Yeah, it is this transformational process. And it's scary, it's frightening, it for sure is. This is why we call it faith, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. yeah.
0: Yeah. I really love that. I have one last question. I don't want to take up tons of your time, but um, I just wanted to ask, like, so um, most of the people who are listening are university students, some Mm -hmm. who are artistic and creative and they're, you know, right with you on this track and some who aren't. But what would you want um, all of them to kind of take away from this episode?
1: A career in magic is a noble career (laughs) is what I know there's some... (laughs) I know there's some budding magicians who felt validated by this conversation.
2: <laughs> Yay, music- magicians. <laughs>
0: I mean, I like uh, magicians. I find them, you know, <laughs> hilarious, especially yeah. the ones that like will steal somebody's watch in the process. That's always my favorite. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Um, the, the, yeah. I mean, I think your big question after university is what am I supposed to do now? And I I really think the, it's in my book. It's in my show. It's a very thing where it's just like the giver of your existence is involved with your life already. I actually think spirituality, prayer, it's not about – getting God's attention, making sure God can see me. It's about awakening to the presence and voice of God already. It's often taking what we were talking about earlier, taking time. It doesn't have to be seven days away, but sometimes it does because maybe you have so much stuff in the way of what's already there that you have to get real quiet. It's about paying attention to the work of the divine already in your life. And I would say that the, the path of your life is mostly a mystery, but it, it is, you will be given what you need along the way. And so, um, paying attention to what you, what you love, what you're interested in, what brings you to life. I think if, if there's any touch point to how to be in the world is spend the time fanning the flame of what brings you alive. And it's a famous Howard Thurman quote, but like the world doesn't, what the world needs is people who've come alive. Mm. That's what the world needs. Um, don't think about The quote is like, don't think about all the things that, you're supposed to do in the world think about spend time finding what makes you come alive because what the world needs is people who've come alive your 20s is a lot of figuring that out so it's okay if it takes a while to figure what that is but yeah make sure make sure you spend time fanning the flame of being alive
2: beautiful beautiful i think mine um is like an umbrella under under the umbrella of what (laughs) the big picture vision that scott gave and in that process of discovering what makes you alive be curious and be compassionate mm, in the process yeah. be patient with it um, and and cultivate that practice of presence with God but also just with yourself and getting curious about what is it that makes you come alive or uh, when something negative comes up where is that coming from what does it what what clue does that give you um to how god has shifted and made you and and also just being open to the evolution of who you are um i think in 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 mm, especially in the 20s great. there's so many possibilities right and you're like yeah yeah it, it's okay to be overwhelmed with all of them just start with one and you can always course correct later and there's no right or wrong in terms of like oh i used to think you got to pick your major and then it's going to define your life trajectory that is the furthest furthest thing from the truth. There's so much grace and and God will catch you. Um, he will make it make sense. So just be, be curious um, and gentle along the way as you journey along and have fun and enjoy the delight and the messiness of it all.
0: Um, I'm also an Enneagram seven, so I'm all about having fun, um, as well. Oh,
1: you sevens. No fours in the house. Okay. You know,
0: they, I was actually thinking about this when Justine was talking about, um, God's invitation into the darkness. And they actually say that, um, uh, sevens are secret fours. Um, so <laughs> it's just, it's very deep, deep deep <laughs> down um Se-
1: sevens so. are healthy fours I think too I don't know
0: <laughs> yeah it all you know crosses it together it works somehow <laughs> yeah but yep. uh, thank you both for being a part of this conversation I have really enjoyed it and um I think the thing that I'm taking away from this conversation is uh, just being open to listening to God in the ways in which he's communicating in the world and also allowing that to come through, um, being open to whatever the transformation looks like, but also um, hopefully creating things that that lead to others in their journey as well to um, enjoy life, but also embrace the messiness maybe of life as well. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah, well, thank you. That's great.
1: That's great for having us. Thanks for (laughs) facilitating a fun conversation. This is a great
2: conversation. Thank you.
0: At the end of every episode, we like to give you, the listener, just some time to process some questions with God. This is meant to be a prayerful experience. So sit back and feel free to invite God into the conversation as you consider these questions. Let's do that now. Do you experience God through art and creativity? What does that mean to you if you do? What is your way of taking in the world and expressing that to the world? What is something that you have seen lately that has pointed you to something God is doing in your life? How might God be disrupting you through creativity? What costs or shifts are associated with that? What does it look like for you to make space to listen to God, to cultivate that practice of presence with God? What makes you alive? What can you do to fan the flame of being alive? May you be open to who God is making you to be, trusting that he is working in you and through you in your uniqueness to bring you joy and those in the world to a point of worship. Amen.